Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every Nars? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. Tonight we have a very special guest, an uh, old friend of, of mine and Brent's. We both know you from, uh, we all worked at Pizza Hut together in Bloomington, Indiana. And we love having you on as a guest. You always bring us the most like fun movies I've either never seen or never never even heard of and some of them are obscured to the point where they're they're hard for us to find and and yeah so welcome jt robinson how are you doing this evening i'm i'm doing well i'm doing well uh, had a couple beers so I'm, I'm i'm feeling decent nice <laughs> oh jt i found out today how to watch naked lunch that really uh, oddly coincidentally like a student i was talking about another movie i saw with some students today and she mentioned this like free streaming website, like one of those, you know, called like it's the word soap, the number two, and then the word day, soap today, and then it's like a bunch of just free stuff to stream. And I and I happened to just be like, oh, I wonder if that'll work. And I typed in naked lunch in it, and it popped right up. Yeah, yeah. I think we talk about naked lunch more than anything when I'm on the show. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to do that episode next when you come on. <laughs> Yeah, no, I look forward to it. I, I think Naked Lunch is um, it's a unique film. So I, 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 and I'm a big Cronenberg fan. So yeah, yeah, I'll message you after we record this, JT. I'll message you about maybe. I think I'm the the next spots I have available are are uh, in July. So maybe we can bring you back in July, and we can talk about Naked Lunch. That um, sounds fine to me. Yeah, because I was I was talking about before the movie we're talking about tonight is actually the 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 third thing we went to because you wanted to do Naked Lunch and then. A movie called Ricky O, the story of Ricky, which I am not familiar yes. with at all. Yeah, I, the only way I could find that was to like order the DVD from Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but then, uh, but then, yeah, tonight's movie. But so, uh, what have you been up to since we last talked to you? Um, mostly just work. Um, and I hit the Irish Lion up at the restaurant in Bloomington for um, St. Patrick's Day. That was a lot of fun. Oh, so nice. That, they, they do St. Patrick's Day pretty well there. Nice. As they should, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I I, uh, I didn't have a chance to... We were so busy this weekend. Like, Shauna and Grace left as soon as they got off work and out of school on Thursday to go to a volleyball competition. And they were actually in Indianapolis. And then 
over the weekend, I had the other two kids and I had to take Bella up to a dance competition in Wisconsin. So it was, uh, I did not get to partake in any, any St. Patty's day celebrations this year. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this was just kind of, um, on a whim, I was meeting some friends. We were going to go to Nick's, but then we saw, um, or not Nick's, um, crazy horse. And then we saw that, uh, Irish lion was doing it up. So we went there. Nice. But, um, yeah. I hardly ever get out for holidays anymore. Yeah. When I, I, my anniversary is on New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> so like, dude, this year was the first time we celebrated earlier in the week. Like we just, and it was like so much nicer. Yeah. There's so many people. It, it's because it's so busy on New Year's Eve. You're saying? Yeah, and it, yeah, and it's hard to get reservations for things. Like if yeah. you want to like leave the house, you know, for the evening. Yeah. Spend a night somewhere. It's really hard to do. Yeah. We, I, I've, I've, I, Brent, I'm sure I've told you this before. I probably told this story on the podcast before, but we, back in, this was probably, I don't know, 20, uh, I don't know, 2016 or so. It was shortly after I moved up here. I was taking classes at the second city, right? And it was the year, the year before I had taken classes, apparently they had a fire and like a bunch, a good portion of the building was, was pretty badly burned. So it was under reservation or reservation under renovation while I was taking classes there. And one day I just remember I was taking some class over the, the St. Patty's day weekend. And it was a, it was a really fun class. We would always like go out and get drinks or whatever after, after class. And then I would just take the train home, but we came out of class one day and they had built a new bar called 1959. It's the year that second city was built. And we're like walking past the bar that's like actually inside the second city building that was never open before it was always under construction. And like, as we're walking by, this person pops out and they're like, Hey, you know, just so you know, we're doing like kind of a soft open today before we open for real. So you guys are more than welcome to come in, get drinks, get food, whatever. It's all on the house tonight. We're not charging for anything. So we were, we were, we were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that was a, that was a pretty good St. Patty's day. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that sounds, I, I like um, the spontaneity of it all. Yeah. 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 It was just totally That's random. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like spontaneous fun. Like when you even if you were just already kind of having fun, like a baseline amount of fun, <laughs> and then something like that falls in your lap. That's pretty cool. That's magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think two St. Patty's Days ago, I, I was actually in New Orleans, which I didn't even realize I was out there during St. Patty's Day. I just wanted to go for my birthday with my girlfriend at the time, and um, she she was kind of like more of a country person, and um, <laughs> the crowd on St. Patrick's Day really rattled her. Oh really? Like she was she was yeah. visibly like shaking and like just freaked out. Oh, that's Whoa. unfortunate. I be, I can bet it's hectic down there. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it though. I I'm I'm weird. I think I feel more comfortable in like those kind of chaotic crowds just because mm-hmm. you know no one's no one's paying attention to me. <laughs> I don't stand okay. out. <laughs> you yeah. kind of feel like yeah, you can sort of like weave in and out of the thing. Yeah, you're kind of you're more anonymous in a crowd. I think that's why I've always been kind of more comfortable in like cities yeah. than um out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I could see that. I, de- I, re- I re- certainly relate to that. I, 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 I think I like, you know, different settings for different things, but I do like big crowds where you can just kind of get lost and like people watch and observe and just like kind of hang yeah. back, you know, but when's, when's your birthday? It was March 9th. March 9th. Okay. Well, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah, I, I, I got old this year. Yeah. <laughs> like two yeah. weeks ago, a week ago. What's yeah. the, the, the official, what's the line into oldum? Uh, for for me, it was like thirty two, but um, <laughs> now that I'm forty four now, so yeah, forty four. Okay, yeah. 
yeah, well, end of middle age. <laughs> well, how is New Orleans? I've I've never made it. I've never been to New Orleans. I've heard it's great. I've, I'd love to check it out, but I've never, I've um, never had the chance. Yeah, I, I love New Orleans. Um, I I try to go every once in a while. I think I've been three times now, and nice. um, it's um, the thing that um about New Orleans that's surprising is that most of the city is not fun. It's just like um the French Quarter and the Garden District and certain other areas that the actual city itself is is um. A little, a little uh, sketchy at times. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the French Quarter is my favorite. I love Bourbon Street. Um, there's music everywhere you go. Um, bands will be playing like six o'clock in the morning on the street, or they'll have. They had a bar, a bar where um, they had dueling pianos, which was awesome. So yeah, I, I love New Orleans. So it's a, uh, it's nice. a freak show. <laughs> That's awesome. I think I, I noticed Memphis it, um, is similar to that. Maybe not to that degree, but Beals, oh, I love Memphis too. And Memphis was like. Pretty yeah. cool. Like really good when, music and food, just like everywhere. Yeah. yeah. When I go to um, New Orleans, I always make it like a double trip, and I, I um, go a couple hours into my way and spend a couple days in Memphis because yeah, Memphis nice. and New Orleans are two of my favorite American cities. Nice. Yeah. They just have a yeah. lot of culture and class. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Isn't there a dueling piano bar? I think uh, is it called Howling Moon? I think there's one in Indy and also maybe one. In, I think there's one in Chicago as well. I, I yeah. actually one in Chicago. I was in Chicago recently. I thought about you, but I was only there for a couple of days. Okay. Um, have you ever? It's, I can't remember the location, but it's near the Miracle Mile. It's called I think it's Andy's Jazz Club. Not familiar. Uh, it. I like like um improv jazz, and they did it there, and it was fun. So nice. I thought that might be like a cool place to take Shauna or something. It's kind of classy. Yeah. No, that's not. What'd you say? It's called Andy's Jazz Club. I think it's Andy's Jazz Club. I. I I have a horrible memory for names, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> no, the the thing about, I mean, obviously, like, Chicago's huge, right? But I, like, I, even when I first moved up here, I lived, like, right on the northern edge of, of what's technically Chicago. And anytime I, I get, because I get down into the city once or twice a week, you know, and, and most of the time I've been up here, I, I'm down in the city quite a bit, but... I, I either would, when I first moved up here, I was taking the train down. Now I tend, I tend to drive down, but it's always like to a specific spot. You know, it's always like second city. Like I know second city and like the bars immediately around there, or now it's like the CIC theater and like some, but it's, but I don't feel like, you know, other places I've lived like Indianapolis or Bloomington, I kind of get a map of the city in my head, like where everything is in relation to each other. But Chicago's so big and my experience in it is so like, Anytime I'm down, it's like very localized, right? It's like a, I have a bunch of puzzle pieces of Chicago, but I'm not I'm not quite sure how they all like fit together. You know what I mean? Even though I've been up I've been up here for like like eight years now, you know. Yeah, and that, that makes sense. Chicago is massive. Um, as Chicago is another city I really enjoy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I I I love having access to that and. Yeah, and for real, if you you know, next time you come up here to visit JT, if you have some time, please let me know. We'll go. We'll go see some 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 of the best improv around. So. That would that would be awesome. Chicago's not too terribly far, so I could I could probably do that. Yeah, I, the only reason I was only there for three days, and so I my my um days were pretty packed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But it was one of the few times I've actually got to visit Chicago for enjoyment as opposed to looking for work. Mm-hmm. So it was like. One of the few times I really got to enjoy Chicago, and I, I really thought it was... I like going out on the pier, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Nice. Who'd you go with? I went with my parents. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. They, what they, about um, the corner trip with Kara's mom? 
to um, to Gulf Shores. That's always nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we uh, just last year we did we didn't go anywhere for our summer vacation, but we did we did like a Chicago staycation, and so we did like we did all these museums and all this shit in Chicago that, uh, again, we've been up here what seven years or so at that point, but we'd never just taken the time to go. So we just took a week and every day of the week, like we went down Monday and went to this museum. We went down Tuesday and went to this other museum, and uh, it was pretty cool. It, it was really nice, like kind of getting to know the city a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I I can relate. I lived in St. Louis for about two years, and um, I, yeah, when I lived there, I didn't get out and do much of anything. But when I visit there, before or after that, you know, I was all over the place. It's yeah. weird when you live somewhere how you just kind of become like, you know, uninterested at the time. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's true. In 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 Indianapolis and even Bloomington, people are like, "Oh, Indianapolis, did you do this thing or that thing?" And you know, it's like, "Huh, no, I never." I never, I just was like living and working, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like people coming to Chicago for deep dish pizza. It's like, that's the only time I ever really get like actual Chicago deep dish pizza is like if family members or somebody come to visit and then you're like, oh yeah, no, we could do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Showing them a good time. That totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Or like order some food that takes like, oh, like two hours to make. Yeah. And get to your, you know, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, like. <laughs> deep dish pizza is a fucking commitment. Yeah, like rare, rare is the night where I'm like, you all hungry? You want to go like wait for an hour before our food's like even ready? Yeah. <laughs> I said two. I, I mean, I'm at one hour. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but still, it's it's yeah. You're right. It's a commitment though. <laughs> oh, well, wait. Can I tell you guys about food for a second? Yeah, please. So I know I know a, a high school guidance counselor. Okay. <laughs> and and she was telling me this story. And that they had to they had to bring an ambulance to to the school because this this chick was so stoned out of her mind, like they they brought her in. Karis, or um, my buddy said that uh, right before right before they, they put her on, put the girl on the stretcher, right the girl the girl was just like, I'm just trying not to die. I'm just trying not to die. <laughs> and um, so they're like, what what like Miss, what did you take? What did you take? And she took a nerd's nerd's like Twizzler rope that was like dosed with THC. Okay. okay. Like they sell these now. And like what? It looks, are, are you? Did she eat way more than like the recommended dosage? Is that what? Yeah. Like one one boy brought it to school. He cut it into four pieces, and one girl ate the her whole piece. And it's like I heard that like normally I think it's like a hundred milligrams per like serving is what's allowed, but this was like four hundred mil- milligrams. Milligrams is a lot. That's why I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't smoke pot anymore. Or, or oh, you know, I can't. I get the gummies that are like the Delta Eight or whatever that's legal in Bloomington, and um, those are like ten milligram things, and I eat a half of one. Oh, okay. And you, you feel like loopy, or you feel like buzzy, or um. No, it just relaxes me. It helps. I, I get work anxiety sometimes, and it helps bring me down when I get home from work. But um, so where where are freshmen in high school getting something like that? I know it's legal one state over, but I don't even think you can go one state over and just buy it. Like it made me think today. Like, what's it like going to a drug dealer nowadays? <laughs> like, like dr- drugs have made the drug are. dealer. The drug dealers like aren't cool anymore. Like if I if I decided today I'm gonna go smoke some pot or something, and I went to a drug dealer's house, and they 
pull out of their hoodie like a snicker bar or like a Twix, I'm going to punch them in the face because that is a sign of weakness. Or I could take advantage of that person if they're going to pull out candy. Well, like I want it. I want like a clear plastic bag. I want it to be partially brown, like you stepped on a on a Bloomington Brown County fall leaf and crush it and put it in a bag. Whatever happened to the old school? Yeah. Well, I wonder, do you think in the age of like social media where people aren't as used to like connecting physically in person, does the drug dealer like still expect you to hang out of his, out of his house? And like, he's like, come here, sit down and chew on this candy bar with me. Like we'll chew it together. (laughs) Yeah. You take a bite. I'll take a bite. (laughs) You put the nerds rope in your mouth. I'll put the other one in my mouth. (laughs) We'll do the lady in the the tramp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When the weed hits you your purchase THC, do they like have like a like a backpack filled with like candy and gummies and and muffins and? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and that's and what you're talking about, JT, is that is that like synthetic THC, and and that's that's pretty much legal it's, everywhere, right? It is. Yeah, it is. At least it's legal in Indiana. Um, it's. Um, I don't know if it's. I think it's a synthetic, but I think I don't know. It's. It's. I think it's a synthetic. Yeah, but um. You still, you'll still pay dirty. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. Good to know for our listeners out there. <laughs> well, let's, I want to, I want to dive into this movie because this movie was fucking bonkers. I'm so glad you brought it to us and I want to, I want to make sure we, we get enough time to talk about it. So, uh, JT, will you, will you tell us, uh, what the movie is and why you chose it and kind of your general thoughts on the movie? Um, yeah, I thought it was, um, I thought it was basically like a art house acid cheese fest of weirdness. Yeah. I'd only, I'd never seen it before, but I'd heard about it quite a few times. Um, basically, I, you know, I like the stranger movies, um, and I'd always kind of wanted to see it and I'd started a couple times and put it down because it was, it has a slow start, even though it's kind of like dreamy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, I was on board for the first five minutes, and then I thought, oh, this is something a little different. Yeah. And it definitely was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love how all their the characters' names are, like, just basically their their main traits. Like, yeah. <laughs> the imaginative one is fantasy, and the kung fu one is kung fu. <laughs> I love kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and even, like, <clears throat> sorry, I got something in my throat. That's right. <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. <laughs> Better. Uh, she's like cough up some cancer what was that <laughs> oh it's a, th- it's a thc gummy right. <laughs> anyway yeah, imagining cats with thc gummies instead of hair licking themselves <laughs> yeah that was actually the cat in this movie was just like took way too much thc that's what happened <laughs> blanche the cat yeah yeah, I couldn't tell throughout the movie whether Blanche was like the actual bad person or the um, auntie, or if they were like the same entity. Because the sparkle, they both. Yeah, because they would both. Yeah, they were both sparkle before anything um, awful would happen. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I, you know, I, I will. I'll go ahead and kind of get into this now. I've kind of got a, 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 like kind of a broad thematic idea, uh, and then. I watched a couple videos that further solidified it, but I, yeah, I think it's maybe good to get it out of the way. Now we can kind of talk about it as we go through the movie, but the, uh, when the, there's a point where they're like, they go back and they watch the story of the aunt and how her fiance was like drafted to the war. And then there's like a camera flash 
and for a moment there's like a, an image of the atomic bomb going off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I looked into the director, and he's apparently um, very anti-war. Wasn't he in the bombing when he was a child? I think I heard that on a YouTube video. Oh, I, I didn't see that. I just kind of looked him up on IMDb, so I don't think they went yeah. like Wikipedia crazy on his background. <laughs> no, I think yeah, yeah. He, he like lived a few towns over from it. Yeah, I think it said he was born in Hiroshima, and he said I saw an interview where he said that like all of his childhood friends were dead. Because I guess he he probably moved away from Hiroshima and then yeah. before the bombing. Oh, okay. Um, I can see how that would make you anti-war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so, but so I think, and then a couple a couple videos I saw afterwards, like <clears throat> there's a part where I think it's Mac when they see that. And another cool thing about this part, man, there's so much I want to say about this movie. But like when they're watching like that flashback of her her aunt and her fiance. And it goes into like silent film mode and the girls are commenting on it as though they're watching it as well. I've never seen anything like that. That's such a good idea. Yeah. It was like, like this little section of like mystery science theater 3000 where these, like these girls are like, Oh, look at the white dress. Oh, it's so cute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That was very clever. They even did another thing with like a daydream. I forget which girl has the daydream. No, the girl fantasy who's got the crush on the teacher. Fantasy. That's fantasy. Yeah fantasy okay she's having a fantasy and it, it's like of her like knight in shining armor and then like the credits of the movie in her fantasy role and it says the end yeah it's yeah, yeah. That, that, that reminded me a lot of that seemed very monty python-esque yeah, yeah. and yeah. So, some of the animation too uh and like the stop motion i was like yeah that that reminds me of monty python for sure i had that same <laughs> the thought. guy lands yeah. in the bucket <laughs> yeah and it's like he's like cruising around yeah. yeah, that whole bucket sequence is just bonkers. Like, because at that point, I mean, the, the movie had done silly stuff, but then he like slides down the stairs, gets caught on a bucket, like stop motion animations around this car, and then he calls the girls like, "Oh, sorry, I'm gonna be late to your aunt's house. I have to go to the hospital because my butt is stuck in a bucket." I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, and then ends up being a pile of human shaped bananas yeah, <laughs> yeah. So at the end <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah just... actually talking about like things that might have influenced this film i can't imagine that uh, sam raimi must have seen this before he made evil dead 2 i yeah sam raimi yeah sam raimi and i also i think of sam raimi and um who's the other guy peter jackson kind of as being cut from the same cloth yeah yeah um not quite as um acid trippy but um definitely weird and um gory and a lot of hyperkinetic editing and yeah. just randomness. What was the well, I forget the name now of the uh, the Jackson movie that we saw. Oh, um uh Blood was Blood in the title? There were two there's, titles. There's like a foreign title. Dead Alive. Dead, Dead Alive. Alive. Dead Alive, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no that's that's a classic. Yeah. Which I also I showed my uh, my son the first Lord of the Rings movie over the weekend, so he he really enjoyed that. That was good. <laughs> Oh, my son grabbed at the library the Amityville Horror. Okay. And we were like, we looked it up and we were like, sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> people bone in this movie. Like, you can't watch. But we were in Walmart a couple days ago and I saw in like the $5 bin, Children of the Corn. Oh, okay. Nice. And I was like, here you go, dude. I'm pretty sure you can watch this one. <laughs> so we'll yeah. Watch that. How, old's your, how old's your kid? Yeah, 12. 12? Yeah. Yeah, that's about the time my parents started letting me watch certain R-rated movies. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was weird, too. The violent movies didn't bother them so much as they didn't want me seeing 
titties. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's kind of like I just think to myself, if it was in real life, would you rather see your kid or have your kid see someone get their head blown off, or like <laughs> a naked lady running down the street, or a naked dude running down the street? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just don't want to provide boners to my own children. I think it's <laughs> no. I, I just. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Make Sorry, love. I, I was just saying yeah. that. Yeah, I don't, totally yeah. Right. Show, yeah. Show him all the boobs he wants. <laughs> yeah, well, he can find that stuff on his own. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, so not... the, the internet has stolen everybody's innocence. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've talked about that before on here. We're like, we're like to see like a love scene or nakedness in a movie nowadays is sort of like there's like no there's no like it's not like exciting or titulating or whatever right it's like there's just all this pornography everywhere yeah. or yeah at, at best it's like just part of the movie you don't even think about it or at worst it's like oh, i'm like trying to watch this movie and now i'm like i'm kind of like a little horny god damn it like uh, right. i just yeah but they used to make like pervy at times too what's that the house was a little pervy at times too that's like, yeah. Kung Fu got her skirt ripped off and then just goes through the rest of the movie in her underwear, even though she had her skirt land on her arm. Yes, that yeah, that was the one thing about this movie. I was like, you know, and I don't know, maybe different time, different culture, whatever. But it, it did seem like the camera seemed a little bit leering at these teenage mm-hmm. girls. It was a li- it was uncomfortable at times for sure. Mm-hmm. One, yes. one girl's yeah. battling her her mattress and bedding. The camera's from below, as though she's on like a glass floor. Yeah. And it's going up her upper skirt a bit. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah. Which I was expecting more. I was like, oh boy, because I, I see a lot of hee 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 hee, you yeah. know. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, okay, what's when's like the weird? <laughs> yeah, you're like, this is gonna go real bad. <laughs> yeah. Which no, it wasn't. It, yeah, what? Because I I thought this movie was great. I thought it looked great. I had a blast with it. But there were just a couple times where I was like, nah. A little uh, sliding into pervy territory here. Yeah, uh, I mean, it right about the beautifulness of the movie, but it wasn't really necessary either. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the the cinematography is like so stellar in this. Like recently, I watched the, the original Rocky movie, which I think is like nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Just a couple years after this one, and that one looks grainy as fuck. <laughs> but this looks great. It looks like a movie that would be made today. Like it look, the look of it looks like a today movie. Yeah. Like like Mandy or something like that. Well, and and I like that. I guess the Oh, well, this is you know what this I want to ask you guys. Did you read either of you what kind of inspired There was a movie that was made and the company was like this Japanese company was they were like we need a version of this movie. Did you hear what that movie was? No. Okay. I know. Okay. Either of you want to take a guess? What there was a big movie. It was huge. It was very popular. And this company Toho, which is behind, they made Godzilla. It's the same company that did Godzilla. They saw that movie and they were like, "Oh, we need to do our own version." And that's what inspired this. I, I'm just the interested Wizard of in the Oz? Hear, what's that? The Wizard of Oz. It's not. I, it's a good guess. JT, do you have a guess? The Graduate. Nope. nope good guess. Uh, Jaws. Apparently, really, I was thinking Jaws, but I was, I, I was just because it was a big '70s movie. Yeah, apparently they went to this guy, uh, 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 Nobu Nobuhiko Obayashi, and they were like, "Yeah, we want to do, we want to recreate like Jaws because it was so Except- such a popular movie." And this is what he came up with. Uh, I guess. Instead of a shark, the furniture eats the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I read. The- I saw a video or read it. I forget that his daughter was actually the inspira- or creative inspiration for the movie too. Yeah, yeah, like, like a his, lot. his thought was in the interview. His thought was, 
an adult really can't think of something that's unexpected so much as well as well as like a child can mm-hmm. i can see so a kid's imagination coming up with this with the house a little bit easier than i can an adult as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like the mattresses falling on that you know like the mattresses attacking you and i think i think he even said he wanted the special effects to look as though they had been done by a child like it like it was a child's you know almost as though it were like taking place in the imagination of a child or something yeah but but yeah, some of the, sh- like, there's, there's one, what was the, there was one scene in particular where they're, they're talking to the ant and it's like a wide shot of the ant and all the girls. But then when the, the dialogue's going back and forth, it superimposes a close up on top of like, it keeps the wide shot there. They, yeah. They did that a couple times. Like when, when the, um, the girls are crossing the bridge and it just shows their faces and someone will say their name and then they'll say like a catchphrase. Like, um, yeah. Like Mac was funny because they showed her and she's like a good appetite. Yeah. <laughs> That's like all she says. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah they they all get that little intro shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and man, it, this thing it just like shoots back. Like at some points, I don't know if he was inspired by it. Like it looks like a comic book almost, and then like some of the sound effects and stuff, it feels like an anime and a soap opera and like a yeah, seven. I'm- I'm honestly surprised that Quentin Tarantino hasn't sampled some of that soundtrack in one of his movies because that soundtrack is off the wall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and, and 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 yeah, the soundtrack. And I guess the director got a band. There's a, a Japanese band that did a lot of this um, to hype up the movie before it was even in production as he was pushing to get it made. Um, but I, I really like the little theme for Kung Fu whenever she's fighting. She's got like a little musical theme that. Uh, sounds like a like an old kung fu movie. Yeah, the one I get stuck in my head is like doodly doo, doodly doo. Yeah, they I, just th- I, th- I think it's that one. Yeah, doodly doo, doodly doo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when she like they get to the house and she like beats the shit out of the chandelier. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, and it's just so random. Like the chandelier uh, attacks a lizard and then she starts kicking shit out of the air. Yeah. <laughs> or the the logs that attack her when she's chopping wood. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when she definitely, yeah, they they added managed to add like a kung fu element to this like Japanese Evil Dead acid trip. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh man, I feel like there was another Brent. Was there another movie we watched recently where there was like a weird kung fu element? Am I thinking of uh, the Seven Vampires? Is that what I'm thinking of? The Seven Golden Vampires. I forget. Wait, what was the one with the um with like with like the farmer? We were making jokes that like all. Was it with Jordan or there's a movie we watched where it was like Korean maybe? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the 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 South Korean movie. Um, but I made a parallel to that. It was like in these types of movies, there's always like a weird, like very niche farmer. Like there was like the watermelon farmer. Where <laughs> the other movie we watched was like some like I don't think it was ginseng. It was just like, oh no, it some, was it was a ginseng was it farmer. The ginseng farmer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. What? What? Hold on. I can look. I've got. I've got our schedule at my fingertips. Let me find that movie. Oh, The Wailing. The Wailing. Uh, I've heard that's supposed to be good. It was yeah. Charlie. We did it with Charlie. With yeah. Charlie Lynn, yeah. It was okay. It was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we, we enjoyed it overall. Yeah, for sure. But so what? So I, I, I always get, the, I've got this movie confused with another movie called House that I remember walking through like Blockbuster Video as a kid and seeing the box of like the creepy hand. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I like that house too. 
Yeah. Is that a good? Is that a good movie? I mean, I I was it was um, when I was a kid. It was like one of the first horror movies I got to see. Yeah, so I loved it. Um, I've probably watched it a couple of years ago, and just the nostalgia factor, I still like it. But <laughs> it's it's pretty original. I mean, the, at one point he finds a dimension in his closet that leads him back to the Vietnam War. The main character, and yeah. Oh wow, interesting. And it has Norm from Cheers. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's I think it's an above average horror flick. It's kind of like this house where it's a little um, off the wall, a little bonkers. Yeah. But not to the level that house was <laughs> <laughs> when and you know just you mentioning war just kind of the uh to get back to kind of the overarching theme which i think will be a, an interesting lens to frame this through uh you know w- one of the videos i talked about how it was it was i saw was talking about how when, when you see the atomic bomb in this movie mac is like uh she's like oh it looks like cotton candy right uh but this video i saw tied the look of a mushroom cloud to how big and fluffy the cat was blanche mm, kind yeah. of like tying tying the cat to the mushroom cloud and the, the painting of the cat even looked like a mushroom cloud like the way they framed it and yeah 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 and so i, I think i you know on top of like the goofiness and the zaniness of this movie i think it's obviously a post uh post world war Two movie but i think it's you know at least for me it, it seemed like um, after the bomb, there was a lot of like traditional Japanese ways juxtaposed with like kind of a newer, maybe more feminist, you know, cause even at the beginning they run into that gym teacher or whatever. And they're like, they're like, Oh, we bet you're marrying for love. And she's like, no, no, it's an arranged marriage, you know? Mm, yeah. And so, and so even well, the, I mean, what's that? I was just going to say, I know after, um, World War Two ended. I mean, Japan was already kind of modernizing and westernizing, but the Western influence, like America, essentially came in and said, "This is, you know, this is how you're going to do things. We're going to be your active military now." And yeah, like, they interfered a lot with the um, with Japan's culture and governments and t- yeah. tried to westernize it. And in some ways, it kind of worked by like making their gym teacher look like there she's on a cover of like the Wheaties box or something. <laughs> like, what a weird. It was a weird choice of costuming. She looked because it was already. I was trying to. I was having a hard time pinpointing the time frame, but she didn't right. look like an Olympian. She was very tall. Yeah, she's very tall. <laughs> yeah, but no, she was super tall. You're right. I didn't think about that until just now. She's a really tall lady. But um, you you were you were saying a second ago about how like the movie's like zany and kooky, but. There are some pretty disturbing parts. Like for me, anyway, when the um, piano ate Melody, I was just kind of like, "Wow, that's that's really freaky looking." All the body parts, the arms and the legs, and stuff just dangling at random places in the um, the the, the uh, piano. Yeah, and then the fingers playing that the theme song. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. What else? Like how I think it was. Who was it? Fantasy was there with her. I feel like Fantasy witnessed most of the deaths. Um, yeah. But- they they kept telling her she was like imagining it till about halfway through. Yeah. Well, there's even that one point where like, uh, kung fu fights the wood, and then I think I have it written down. <laughs> she she fights the wood. The names of these characters, the wood just might be like another person. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's true. Yeah, you've got kung fu, you've got Mac, you've got the wood. Um, the wood. <laughs> but she like she like beats up the wood, and then she's like, "Huh, that was probably an illusion." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> just like totally brushes it off. 
<laughs> when she said this is ridiculous this yeah it's probably an illusion yeah yeah she's like oh i'm just hallucinating no big and i was like that's not it's not a cause for concern for you but uh well like all the backgrounds like um i don't i don't want to give too much away about my past but um the, like the heightened colors and like the kind of cartoony surrealness of it i mean that that's like a hallucination right there so i mean oh yeah like the whole movie was kind of like an illusion yeah like when she goes to her house when gorgeous goes to her house and her dad is there playing golf or putting in the the backyard it's like a, it's a very fake backdrop but it's all and i found that those great. scenes really unnerving too for some reason something yeah. about them just kind of creeped me out yeah yeah what I like what her dad says because it's it's mentioned that he's like a film composer and he says he's been working with Sergio Leone and then he yes, said I it, got that. he said he was like he said my music's better than Maricone's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, the that, that that was a nice little reference there. Um, I mean, I'm a big Sergio Leone fan, and I also think Ennio Maricone is like the greatest composer of all time. Right? Yeah. Was wasn't the? I mean, I think you think of like Western. You, I think this was Maricone that like. that's him right yeah the the, this soundtrack was kind of like a amped up really goofy version of um americone yeah (laughs) what and and i do and i think that all of that like that reference and just the fact this director his experience before this was in like advertise like television advertisements and commercials and i think everything being so bright and glittery and all of the uh, playing with the, the other styles, like especially American film styles, like old Hollywood. I really think it's like um, kind of a battle between like traditional Japanese, uh, kind of like the bitterness of people who lived through the war and remember the war and are bitter. Like the aunt is bitter that her fiance died. And then you've got this new generation who knew nothing about it. And they're, you know, they're coming with a totally different, more more westernized and more you know kind of throwing off traditional uh you know w- patterns of thought and 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 stuff like that you know i think there's a lot of that at the at the root of this movie yeah i can see that um but uh, this is just this is just this is a random line i okay first of all the the beginning of the movie they're all going to like a summer training camp i like i don't I don't know what were they training for. I don't know what this camp was. So, like that was weird enough. But when it's like no change of plan, this has been canceled because uh, what's the guy's name, Mister Mister Togo, comes yeah. up and he's like, "Bad news, my sister's gonna have a baby." <laughs> so, but then so the training camp gets canceled, and then Gorgeous is like, "Well, I'm mad that my dad's getting remarried and I have a new mom. So why don't?" And she invites, like, first off, even without checking with her aunt, she invites her six friends to join her on a trip to her aunt's house, which seems a little weird to me as something, I don't know. But then she also... She wrote a letter, though, right? She writes her a letter, but I think she already invites the friends before she writes the letter. But that's fine. That's fine. But then also, for some reason, Mr. Togo has to go. Like, does he not have something better to do than hanging out with seven young girls? Yeah, in fantasies, like in love with them she has the the cavalry fantasy riding off on the horse with them and yeah yeah the, 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 well i mean the whole the whole movie's really strange and i feel like um a lot of it you know probably gets lost in transition this is 70s um japanese art cinema so i mean yeah i don't i don't think um westerners are really meant to understand everything 
Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of thought of the Mr. To is it Togo? Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Togo. I almost saw him as like uh uh like Jack Burton in um uh Big China, Trouble in Little China. Big, Big Trouble in <laughs> Little China, yeah. As as like and again as like a throwing off of old like cause you expect the man to come and be the hero and rescue the damsel in distress. But he's getting his butt stuck in a bucket. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's not what happens at all. He's like a bumbling boob who turns into a pile of bananas. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not. Well, I wonder if he like so the heavy guy that um that sells the watermelon like turns into a skeleton when he calls him when he tells him he likes bananas. Yeah. Mr. Togo and I wonder if like Mr. Togo took his place at that stand instead of selling watermelons though he was selling bananas. <laughs> that's a good head cannon. That's a good cannon. <laughs> I like that. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I almost wondered, I couldn't, I, I didn't come up with anything. I was hoping that, uh, I don't know. I, I researched like when watermelons were introduced to Japan, which it seems like it happened a long time ago. And when bananas were introduced, which apparently like there's record of bananas being introduced in Japan in the 1500s, but really, I guess bananas weren't available in Japan until the 1900s, like after 1903. So I, I have no basis for this, but I just thought maybe the watermelons represented again a more traditional yeah. uh, Japanese. <laughs> and, and the guy was like, he was like, no, I like bananas. And he's like, no! <laughs> it kills him. It literally kills it him. It literally kills him, yeah. I don't know. And then the guy goes in the car and just repeats bananas over. <laughs> yeah, and then turns into bananas. And I have, I, I have no basis for that other than me trying to, like, fit everything in this movie through this frame of, like, traditional values versus, like, you know, modern westernization, you know? Yeah. But there might not be anything to that, I don't know. But, yeah, I, again, I, I feel like 70s cinema in Japan was, um, you know, just kind of developing, and I think they were just experimenting and going wild. Yeah, but, um, it's I do. I definitely see like your your points about um, the um, tradition versus modernization. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm sure there are probably a hundred different interpretations that are uh, would be valid, and if not explicitly intentional, at least that's the weird thing with 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 themes and and you know, because I, I think a lot of times like books and movies can like say something that even the writer or director didn't wasn't intentionally saying, but it's just kind of either there in the back of their head or just the way, you know, the way themes work. It just, it's it just subconsciously driving them. Exactly. Yeah. It just like comes out naturally intended or not, you know? Um, yeah. I think actually, I think um, a lot of artists that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I prefer it that way. I think. Yeah, like, I don't think, I don't imagine, like, a painter sits down and starts painting with, like, this idea of a theme in mind, but, it, you know, it's driving him in the back of his mind, and so the painting ends up, after he's painted it, taking on, like, you know, the, the, the subconscious thoughts he was having while he was painting it. Yeah. Well, and that's actually a good friend of ours, uh, Octopus Caveman, who's been on the show quite a few times. He's he's uh, a very talented painter, and I saw, he he has a documentary that you can find on YouTube. Um but which I need to go through and watch the whole thing, but I've watched some of it. I watched it. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I I, sh I should go watch the whole thing in one sitting. But I I this just makes me think of the clip where somebody was asking him about the themes or what, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. Like people always want to know, like, what is this meme? What are you thinking?" And he's like, "I don't know, man. I just like was having fun, like drinking, and I wanted to like paint a guy with fucking weird eyes. I don't know. Like, is <laughs> is not 
It's not any deeper than that. I just fucking like the way this guy looks. He's like a weird little guy. Look at him, you know? It's a weird little guy. <laughs> that should have been a character in the in the house movie. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, weird we, little guy. Weird little, little guy. guy. <laughs> Who fights the wood? <laughs> but uh just uh, this is another random reference, but Mr. Togo, because obviously you're thinking haunted house films, you know, uh, a handful are going to come to mind. So you're watching a movie like this. I think it's hard not to think of the shining, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Mr. Togo, I came to realize was kind of like the Dick Halloran of the movie where they're like waiting for him to come save them the whole time, you know? And, uh, yeah. and much like Dick Halloran, well, in the movie, at least, it's different than the book, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't really end up, I forget how the movie, I think maybe he buys him more time or whatever, but yeah, but this guy, this Dick Halloran just turns into a pile of bananas, so. Well, the, the Dick Halloran from The Shining walks into the building of the hotel and instantly takes an axe to the stomach, yeah, if I remember. That's, yeah, okay, that's right, but I think. Yeah, it was like a huge red herring. <laughs> yeah, but he gets, but that, but that pulls Jack away from Wendy, right? He's like attacking yeah. Wendy. And so it does help, but yeah, in the book, the book is if for those who haven't read it is to- totally different in in the yeah, way. Yeah, I know Stephen King like disavows the film, but I think the film is fantastic personally. Yeah, yeah, I I I understand Stephen King. The thing is, it's just a different Stanley Kubrick's doing a different thing, right? Like um and I think Stephen King I think his objection is that it's strays from what he was doing with the book, which is true. But that wasn't that wasn't Kubrick's goal. He was doing his own thing, you know. So, and I think it's great. I love The Shining. I love the book and the movie. And I think they're very different. They're doing very different things. But I think they're both great, you know. Yeah, I haven't read the book. I'll have to put that one on my list. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's and even just because there are there are details and things that happen um, differently. But really, it's it's just like the kind of some of the core thematics. I think what Jack or what Stephen King was doing with the characters. And what he was saying through them is just different than what that Kubrick wasn't interested in that. Right. Um, and I, I, I even, I think uh, Stephen King told a story about how when he was working on the movies, I think Stanley Kubrick called it. He like called him in the middle of the night and, uh, and was like, yo, Stephen King, like, do you believe in God? Do you believe in higher power? And, and I think Stephen King's response was like, well, you know, uh, he's, he's like, he doesn't, go to church or, or, but, but I think Stephen King is like, he was like, yeah, I'm generally maybe agnostic or he's like, I don't disbelieve. I think there's something. Um, and I guess Kubrick was like, yeah, that's what I thought. And like hung, I was like, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think they're just coming at it from, from different angles. Oh, I thought it was interesting as they were trying to make this movie, the, the Toho company, they said they were, they were tired of losing money on comprehensible films. <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, so they're like, fuck it, let's try hilarious. something like wild and incomprehensible, you know? <laughs> let's, let's give a bunch of kids' ass and see what they come up with with cameras and <laughs> weird props. Yeah, which wasn't, that's kind of the, uh, was it, Sean Connery was offered a role. Which one was it? Uh, in, in House? No, 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 no. In, um, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't Lord of the Rings, but it was something like, no, it was Lord of the Rings. He was yeah. Gandalf's Oh, was it Lord of the Rings? Okay, yeah. Cause yeah. He, and he was like, no, that's... He was like, that's fucking weird magical shit. And so he turned it down and it did so well. 
that then that's why that's I think that's why he took League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It is no, I know this story. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. So and he was like he had such a bad time with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen that he retired from acting permanently. Yeah, he just quit. Cause, yeah, because I could see him like turning down this thing that did great. And then getting another script and was like, this is incomprehensible bullshit too. I guess I should do this movie. And then it turns out to be League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And Sean Connery's like, fuck it. I give up. I don't know. I don't know how movies work anymore. I, I quit. And, uh, maybe it's a guilty pleasure for me, but I, I think League of Extraordinary General, Gentlemen is a fairly entertaining film. You know, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I, I, I liked it the first time I saw it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've seen it since it came out. And... I, I don't really remember it at all. I don't remember hating it. It's know? like if the movie Mystery Men was taken seriously, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's, yeah it's, it's not a good movie, but it, it has its charm, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It looks cool, too. Yeah, it does I, have There's, like, a really cool, like, like, limo or something in it. Like, Sean Connery's car is, like, super cool. And sp- speaking of good That's effects, so though, I, I also really enjoyed the part of the house, or I'm coming back to that, where... um. Kung Fu is essentially eaten by the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> but she has such willpower and a will to like survive that her lower half of her body breaks free and kicks the cat to death. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, to where the blood, the, the cat is like spitting up blood and creates a blood lake in the house, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, that shit is ridiculous. <laughs> there's other parts like that where like there's just like body parts just like spinning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, the like piano crazy. scene I was talking about earlier. Like, I thought that was legitimately creepy when the piano ate Melody and like her random body parts were just poking out and jerking around outside of the piano. Yeah, yeah. and what her her arm like flies over. Oh yeah, it lands it lands in the fishbowl by by fantasy, <laughs> which yeah, I I thought that was cool too. I don't know if I mentioned this when when she's getting eaten by the piano. I like that fantasy's hiding behind a fishbowl. And then the camera goes behind the fishbowl and it's like framing what's happening with, with Melody and the piano through a fishbowl. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just a lot of interesting choices, you know? Totally. Um, and you don't have to worry about forgetting the characters' names either. No. Yeah. Although I, I, I was confused about Mac. How, how, does that, how does that relate to fatness? It's um, short for stomach. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they um, were talking at one point, like, they were, they were actually really shitty to her, but they yeah. were talking about how she, um, why, like, the old, the, the auntie was like, why are you Mac? That doesn't sound like a normal name for a girl, and Gorgeous is like, well, because um, she's big and fat, like her stomach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awful, yeah. but you're right, I think I just, I didn't think about, like, the origin of the name because I was, like, cringing from what they were... Like, even, like, the ant says something really shitty to her, too. I, well, before that was explained, I thought it was, like, maybe she eats a lot of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> right. I was like, a Big Mac? Is it Big Mac? Yeah. Well, yeah, and then they say, like, cool, when she brings the watermelon, the girls are like, oh, look, that watermelon's almost as big as your stomach. <laughs> like, yeah. they're, they're straight up. They, no, they're like, save a piece for Mac. A real big piece of watermelon. <laughs> well, and and the the aunt even says she's yeah. like, uh, she's like Mac, you look so tasty, so round yeah, and all, so round and tasty. Yeah, yeah. when she's a decapitated head, she tries to take bites out of um, fantasy's um, backside. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but um, well, I, um, when I was when I was in Tokyo, I mean, I was always the biggest person in the room, not height wise. I mean, yeah. I, I I just think um. There, with 
like I think it's changing as they get more and more Western, but I still think they eat much healthier yeah. than we do in America. Yeah. See, it's because we're, we're eating too many bananas. We need to get on that watermelon diet. Yeah, because you know? yeah, the watermelon guy was thin. Yeah. yeah, there's a really good. <laughs> right. Dude, when when they move the watermelon and his face is his behind face, it, yes. his fucking goofy ass face. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'm really. I'm gonna watch rewatch Evil Dead Two and just think of all the parallels. Yeah, because uh, everything about that, like the physical humor and and the random, the fast editing and and the the kind of cheap effects. Yeah, and even at the end of Evil Dead, the the monster's giant face busts through the door and there was the part where gorgeous's giant face busts through a door and scares oh, yeah. Yeah. Fu and fantasy yeah and it's you just know, i really feel like paul or paul sam raimi has to have, have, have seen this before he did evil dead 2 because it's they're just too similar yeah well you know we're, we're actually cover covering evil dead 2 in like a month or so because Great. uh bruce campbell is presenting the movie up here in chicago at the vic and uh Myself and another buddy of ours, Mike Jeffers, we're going to go see that movie and then we're going to record a podcast on it the, the following Monday. It will be our episode I, for that I week. thought for a second you were going to get Bruce Campbell on your, your podcast. <laughs> well, not, we'll see. Maybe, you know, if I could talk to him for a second, maybe. I bet, he, I bet he'd be into it. He seems like the kind of guy who does that kind of just like randomly does stuff. Yeah. He would yeah. You know, Have I, you not seen Evil Dead 2, though? I ha- it's a long time ago. It's okay. I, it's hard. So to- you're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah, I, is it the one where he goes back in time? Like he's at, like in at that's, the that's end. Our darkness, which is also good. But oh, okay. Evil Dead Two is my favorite of the Evil Dead films. Yeah, and I think I get confused. Evil Dead One and Evil Dead Two. I think there are a lot of similar because when when we watched Evil Dead One recently. I was expecting to get him like just in my, like I thought he was going to get sucked into like a time vortex at the end of it. And I was like, and then I was like, oh, no, no, that's the second one. So yeah, like the, the second one is just like a remake of the first one with more money and more humor, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see I haven't seen it for a, a very long time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Yeah. That, Evil Dead 2 is a classic. Nice. Well, were there, are there any, I, man, I feel like it's worth it to just go through this movie like scene by scene because everything is so fucking bonkers but no i was thinking like if this would almost be one that would be better to like watch while we're discussing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah yeah this is this is a movie that lends itself to that and i just i actually i it was when i watched it my family had kind of all gone to bed last night um but i tech after i watched it i texted my daughters today i was like we gotta, we gotta watch this. Like, I, I can't wait to watch this with my daughters because it's just so fucking nuts. <laughs> Dude, the, the, that song that played, you know, on the piano and throughout the whole thing, they did such a good job of like amping the the, the feel of the, the tone of the movie and then mm-hmm. bringing it back to that like baseline, like just a little ditty on the piano. Yeah, it was really nice and melodic, and I really liked it. No, that's and that's a good point as far as tone, like the tone of the movie. That's that that reminds me, Brent, that yeah, the fact that it's like so playful and like you know, like rainbows and like la 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 like they're just like yeah. skipping through the meadow. And then the fact that it goes from that to like such dark moments like the scene in the piano. Yeah. I was watching this movie, I was like, God damn, like I want more like I want more I want more movies to be like cartoonishly like ridiculously colorful and just like at some at one point 
and then get dark, dark at another point. Like, yeah. I was like, why don't more I, movies I, like take advantage of that? You know, I, I, I have a recommendation then. Um, uh, it's, it's another Japanese film by Takashi Miyake, the guy who um, did audition. Yeah. It's called happiness of the categories. You, I, you mentioned that and I've looked into that actually. Yeah. Yeah. That, that one is also, um, just off the wall bonkers. Okay. Nice. I think I actually have that on our, on our extended list to watch at some point, but yeah. Um, yeah, I want more of this. I want more of the juxtaposition. It almost feels like a, um, I don't know, like the theory behind grunge music, if that makes any sense. Like real, like real quiet and then real loud, you know? Sure. Or the Pixies perfected that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, are there any other scenes or anything uh, specific about this movie you guys want to talk about before we dive into headcanons and kind of wrap up here? I mean this is a kind of film that you could probably talk about for a long time and probably get more out of rewatches. But I, I think we, we have discussed pretty much the overall. <clears throat> I forget. Did she kill the stepmom? She doesn't, oh. not on camera, but I'm assuming she does. Okay. Yeah. It kind of, yeah, it leaves it open where, well, yeah. Cause she invites her stepmom in and she's like, Oh, all my friends are sleeping, but they'll, they'll be awake soon and they'll yeah. be hungry. You know? <laughs> Yeah, it ends on an ominous note. Yeah, you never you never know what happens to fantasy either. Like, did, like gorgeous decide to let her leave because you know they were friends before she was possessed by her aunt. Yeah, that's a good yeah, and and huh, and she, you know what? And she she crawls up, and I'm gonna put this through the lens my 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 framing again. Uh, 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 she she crawls up on her, and she's topless, right? Her breasts are exposed, or one breast is, and she says, "Mommy." And it's almost like she's okay. she's not nursing, but she's like she crawls on her. She says, "Mommy," she's got a breast exposed. You know, I could see like a child mother relationship. I almost wonder if that's not more of like um, gorgeous has adopted the traditional values. I guess you could say of the aunt. She's kind of become this like embittered traditionalist, and and yeah, maybe fantasy is succumbs to that. Or yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm figuring it's it. Like, I'm the captain now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah she succumbs she like relents to the the traditionalist the traditional uh war embattered bitterness i don't know yeah. i'm fumbling through it as i'm thinking about it but yeah two weeks from now we're talking about 1988's killer clowns from outer space so be sure to check that out and as always you can follow us on social media on facebook at danger explosion presents headcanon on instagram at headcanon pod on Twitter at Horror Movie Pod, and you can always follow the subreddit r slash Horror Movie Pod. If you guys don't mind, I might go first with my head cannon because I, I have a couple, so maybe I'll kick it off and, and wrap it up. Um, and I, I wanted to, I was trying to think of like kind of a, a funny head cannon that takes place in the movie. I didn't quite get that, but what I one one real quick and easy one is, I have to imagine that uh, somebody watched this movie. And watched Kung Fu's like flying bottom half kick a cat. And then they were like, yeah, that's a great idea for a fucking movie. And then two years later, uh, they put out the movie Crippled Masters. So <laughs> oh, this came out before Crippled Masters. Yeah, yeah. Crippled Masters was 79. So which I made sure of that before putting forth this headcanon. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> All right, so yeah, one of you, Brent, you want to go or JT? I'll, I'll let Brent go. I kind of forgot about the headcanon part. <laughs> That's okay. I kind of crafted one a little bit ago. <laughs> I think um, I, I kind of 
pictured like a sort of um, remake kind of, but more of like The Wizard of Oz, where Blanche is Toto. <laughs> oh, nice. And even like the company was called like Toho or something. To- like yeah. That. Yeah. And so, and so I thought of even like Melody being, being the scarecrow. Okay. And like, and so like the house tears apart the scarecrow even, and she's like all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) They took my arm off and they threw it over there. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And the witch would be, the witch would be the ant, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like find other parallels now. (laughs) <laughs> nice alright well JT do you do you, uh, do you have a thought or do you want me to just edit out this question and I'll go into my last headcanon oh no no I, I was just I don't know if it necessarily qualifies but I was just thinking um, how, how entertaining it might be to superimpose all of like Kung Fu's fight scenes over like Matrix fight scenes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or like okay, you know, yeah, so, cool. so like Kill Bill all of a sudden yeah transitions from you know Uma Thurman confronting the crazy 88 and then Kung Fu walks in and <laughs> I could see that even being like a good like pretend movie trailer yeah yeah for like the Matrix or Kill Bill that'd be cool <laughs> yeah I like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's like fighting they're like fighting in the Matrix and then she like jumps out of her skirt and kicks a log and you're like wait what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> part where um in kill bill where uma thurman's character is fighting um oh the the one girl one-on-one but instead it's the scenes from um house and so like kill bill's yeah. blocking the bottom half of or kill bill uma thurman's character is blocking the bottom half of kung fu's body and <laughs> like fending off random arms and legs yeah, yeah. i love it <laughs> the sword so the sword. yeah that'd be cool so yeah somebody out there get on this edit i want to see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <laughs> All right, so then my last headcanon is just kind of uh, to to go along thematically with the uh, the cat being an atomic bomb, right? Um, I thought a cool ending for this movie would have been if you think maybe they vanquish the cat because the cat gets kicked and then like spews blood everywhere, right? Um, which I almost thought maybe that was like the girls, like the newer generation, maybe they threw off the 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 trauma of the war and the bomb itself, but then she's like hugging gorgeous at the end. So maybe it's like a, an acknowledgement that the girls, even though like they're not aware of, they didn't live through the bomb, but they're still going to experience like the generational trauma of their parents having gone through that. I don't know. That's just a side thought. Anyway, my thought was that you, they, the girls kill the cat, the cat spits blood everywhere and you think they defeat the cat. Um, but it would have been cool to go to like a nest of kittens, like, uh, like Blanche had had a litter of kittens which which in my mind is and then and then maybe you cut in this in the style of this film you cut to a map and you show the cats like spreading out over the world which is so you know the cats then being nuclear proliferation uh <laughs> so i anyway, that's my head kit that's how i would have ended the film <laughs> you know what i would have liked was if like the cat got eaten by the piano Okay. And like it's like and then it's like shots of it's just its legs. It's like clearly someone moving its legs around to be the kicks. <laughs> yeah. Oh dude, like the skeleton. We didn't even talk about the dancing skeleton. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That or, was cool. Oh fuck. Oh, yeah, or the, the part where Auntie disappears into the refrigerator and then floats up to the ceiling and dances around on the rafters. Yeah. And she well and when she does that, she appears on the rafters 
and then she looks at the camera, totally breaks the fourth wall, and, and like, winks at you. Dude, I I love... uh, There's so much about this movie to love. (laughs) Dude, Spry... Spry Auntie was cool as shit. Like, she seemed like a cool aunt. Like, they should have... They should have left the house for a while, like, went out and partied. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure, like, behind the watermelon stand, there's, like, an old speakeasy kind of thing or something. Right. Where they've got... Yeah, they've got, like, fermented watermelon wine back there. (laughs) Yeah. Water, watermelon moonshine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. All right. Well, JT, we'll let you get going. I, I know you. Uh, you got to get going. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any? Um, anything you, you want to? Wake up in like two hours. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be up for work in two hours. Two hours, thankfully. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to mention or, or leave us with here before we shut down? Um, not off the top of my head. Um, I, I thought. The, I think the um, the film is is very um very great but very specific for um, a very genre or niche genre but um i think yeah I, I would like more people to see it just because it is so absolutely bizarre and bonkers yeah oh i'm yeah. i'm absolutely i'm absolutely gonna show it to my daughters if nobody else just so i can watch them <laughs> i just want to watch them watch this and be like what the fuck is happening yeah it's, this would be a great movie to show to somebody without any like pretense like just I'm, just <laughs> right. I'm not gonna tell you anything about it and then yeah yeah just like film their reactions or something <laughs> yeah yeah awesome all right well jt thanks for being with us thanks for bringing this movie uh it's, it's great to talk to you as always and uh we'll i'll message you we'll get you back in july so um, I look forward to it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, and thank everyone at home. This has been Head Cannon. <laughs>